It's September 2nd, 2020, and you're listening to Lip Smackin' the Podcast with your co-host, myself, Don Chanel, and Akiana. This is Akiana. Lad, 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 lad. Lad, lad, lad. So Kanye, a.k.a. Yeezy, had the nerves to say that God inspired him to interrupt Taylor Swift's 2009 VMA acceptance speech. Now, I know everybody remembers that iconic moment when she was giving her speech and he ran on stage and stole her thunder. It was tasteless. It was very disrespectful and it was not a good look for him. I thought he was canceled then, but I guess people forgot. We put him back on. He made more music. We rocked with him. Then he started rocking with the Cheeto. We tried to cancel him again. Then for some reason, we bought him back because he he hit us with the Sunday service. And we was like, all he is for the people. He got the Sunday service. He even did a Sunday service in Compton and did a tribute to Dre and everything. So we was rocking with him again. Now he on some old game goofy shit. So it's time to cancel him again. Canceled Yeezy. Notice to all you pedophilias out there, um, sources are saying that R. Kelly reportedly is stomped in his head and nearly stabbed in a jail attack. This is reported that um, last week, uh, it was by a fellow inmate actually at the Metropolitan Correction Center. R. Kelly's attorneys are stating that he was unaware of the severity of the injuries at the time, but however, it appears to be more Uh, serious than what he thought so anytime you mess with a little churn and I know you thought that they were 16 oh I'm sorry they were 14 15 and 16 and they were starting to get their little pubic hairs and their little bodies were starting to develop and that turned you on that is considered molesting a child when you go to jail other people in jail are known to attack you. So this does not come as a shock to me. This is not a surprise to me. I'm surprised it took this long. Now that I am surprised. It did take a long time. So Kelly, get what you get. You know, you did the crime. Now you got to pay the time. It comes a little beat down. Oh, well. So I don't know if you guys remember, but there is a pastor and the pastor's name is John Gray. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but he cheated on his wife. He is a pastor of a church, not like a little church, like a real, real, real big church. And he cheated on his wife. And after he got caught cheating, he bought her a Porsche to try to make up for it. And everybody was like, oh, sis, you're stupid. Why'd you stay with him? And she's like, oh, I got Porsche keys. Woo, woo, woo. You know, the Lord's telling me to stay with my husband. Womp, womp, womp. So she forgave him and they stayed together. Now, of course, everyone's thinking this is not the first time this has happened. This is probably the first time that he got caught. Let me back up. Probably not the first time he got caught, but the first time that the public found out about it. So there is another girl who um, made a public announcement um, that he is taking a break from the pulpit after a publicity apologizing to his wife. 
and the church for uh, his personal shortcomings. And this was on a 50 minute uh, YouTube documentary that he put out on Sunday, August 30th. Now, there's a girl that said that she was at a funeral for her for her brother's wife. And she said that the pastor came and said some really nice things at the funeral. So I guess after the funeral, she was like, hey, you know, the guy who got up there and spoke about my sister-in-law, he did a really, really good job. So word got back to the pastor. Oh, the sister-in-law said you did a really, really good job. And he was like, oh, okay. So somehow they got in touch with each other. I think he was on Facebook. So he sends her a message and she sends him a message like, yo, what you said about my sister-in-law was really, really nice. Those words are really encouraging. And you're, you know, you're probably going to be there to help my brother heal. He lost his wife. Thank you. You know, some shit a sister-in-law would would say to somebody that said nice words. Moving on with the story. So they said the nice words and he was like, okay. And that was the end of the conversation. I don't know how long after. I don't know if it was a few weeks. I don't know if it was a month. I don't know when it was. He hits her up again and was like, oh, where do you work? And she was like, oh, I work at X, Y, and Z salon. I'm a hairstylist. And he was like, oh, okay. He was like, dang, I wish I would have known. I brought my wife to, uh, I think the girl lives in Atlanta. I'm going to say Atlanta just for the purposes of this because I'm not really sure on all the details. I'm just giving you bits and pieces so you can investigate for yourself. Moving on with the story. So he was like, oh, I would have brought my wife and all her homegirls to your shop to go get done up. And she was like, dang, I really would have hooked them up. Like next time you got to let me know. So he was like, okay, that was that. I'm going to say the next day she goes to work and he's there, I think with flowers or he sends flowers or either he's there in person. And she's like, oh my God, like, thank you. This is really, really nice, but that's crazy. Like how you found my shot. I didn't give you the address. I just said I'm a hairstylist and you took it upon yourself, did the investigation work and found me like, this is cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. She walks him to the car like, okay, sir, bye, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So they start talking even more. They exchange phone numbers and I guess they're talking back and forth in text and it's getting too much for her because now it's a little bit more flirty and she has a large breast and he was like, well, prove to me your breasts are large. And she was like, I'm not about to pull my breasts out in this car. Like, I'm not about to do that. And so it became too much for her and she decided to take it to the Internet. And so she has this segment on the Internet. Um, I believe it's with Tasha K. Wine with Tasha K. Um, I think that's where you could hear her um, her testimony. She was like, I have screenshots and everything. And so that got leaked somehow. And so that is the last publicity stunt to make him this August 30th get on YouTube and let the world know he's taking a break from the pulpit because basically he needs to focus on his relationship with his wife and he apologizes to his wife. You got to be so stupid. You are a pastor. If you don't stop cheating on your poor wife, you are hurting her heart. You're embarrassing yourself and you're embarrassing the church. Knock it the fuck off. Go to marriage counseling. Tell your wife what she's doing wrong so you can stop cheating on her or go get some therapy. Go get help, but stop hurting your damn wife, Mr. Pastor. Hey guys, this is Dawn Chanel, according to Yahoo Business and written by Jack Pitcher. 
we have been informed that as of August 31st, 2020, Elon Musk is now richer than Mark Zuckerberg after Tesla stock split. Now, Elon Musk is the third richest person in the world. Musk has Facebook Inc. co-founder Mark Zuckerberg Monday as shares of Tesla Incorporated continued their unrelenting rally after undergoing a forward stock split. Musk is now worth $115.4 billion compared to $110.8 billion for Zuckerberg, according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. Also, on Monday, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife Mackenzie Scott became the world's richest woman, passing L'Oreal um, heiress Francois Bettencourt Myers Scott, 50, who received a 4% stake in Amazon.com Incorporated as part of her divorce from founder Bezos, is now worth 66 billion now musk 49 has seen a meteoric rise in his wealth with his net worth growing by 87.8 billion this year as tesla shares surged almost 500 percent also helpful an audacious pay package the largest corporate pay deal ever struck between a chief executive officer and a board of directors that could yield him more than 50 billion if all goals are met Woo! Mm. Woo! i have to take a second oh my goodness Wow. Anyway, <laughs> Tesla, a favorite among amateur investors on, on online trading firm Robinhood Financial, has been one of the largest beneficiaries of the boom in retail investing during the pandemic lockdowns. At one point last month, almost 40,000 40, uh, Robinhood accounts added Tesla shares during a single four hour span. And the trend isn't limited to the U.S. South Korean retail investors have piled into Tesla this year and hold about 1% stake in the American automaker. Tesla's $464 billion market value now exceeds that of retail behemoth Walmart Incorporate, the largest company in the U.S. by revenue. Now, last week, Musk joined Zuckerberg, Bezos, and Microsoft Corporation co-founder Bill Gates in the um, rare, the, um, what was it? The, was it the rarefied centibillionaire club as tech stocks rose? The heady, I'm sorry, the heady pace of wealth accumulation in recent months is in stark contrast to the state of the global economy. Growth has slumped sharply since the pandemic began with companies laying off millions of co-workers and consumers demand um, cratering. The brunt of economic pain has been borne by young and lower-wage workers whose jobs are typically more vulnerable to COVID-related layoffs. 
The rising income inequality has provoked sharp responses from many progressive politicians and critics in the on the left. U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders, his month introduced legislation to tax extreme wealth gains during the pandemic. Absolutely. Musk still has a long way to, to become the world's richest person. Bezos is worth more than $200 billion. Wow. Good for him. Kind of sad though, right? Like if you think about it, if you think about, if you really put your mind to it, right? Some people had a little extra money to play with. True. Some people, not all, not all. Some people were hardly putting it together. But some people had a little extra money to play with. And that little extra money that they had to play with, they were putting it right on over and buying stock from, you know, from Tesla. And I just, I'm happy for him, you know. I mean, hi, $115.4 billion, like, that's really nice. But if you think about it, how many Teslas drive by the homeless that are sitting in their tents every day and every night? How many Teslas drive by? How many? How many Teslas drive by? Okay, 115.4 billion? And I get it, you want to leave a legacy and everything for your family. That is great. But I really hope that there's some, like, I hope he has, like, a plan. Like, I hope that, like, this is all part of a divine plan. Like, he's going to do something magnificent. You know what I mean? He's going to really give back in a tremendous way. I'm just really hoping that that's where we're headed. Because, like I said, that's dope. $115.4 billion. But we all know, just like the article said, you know, the article written by Jack Pitcher. Just like the article said, it was a lot going on during the pandemic. This is when everything was picking up. You know, a lot of things was picking up. So, you know, people be- people become rich. People get real rich during pandemics. You know, they really do. I think this is just a result of that. I don't don't know how I feel, but hey, it is what it is. Hey everyone, this is Don Chanel. In honor of Chadwick Boseman, I wanted to take the time to um, introduce you to him in a way that you may not know him right? Many of us know him for Black Panther, really big movie, but he's done way other, way more movies than just Black Panther. I just thought I'd take a, take the time to just share some information about him. And I'm getting this straight from Wikipedia. And I thought this would be the perfect um, opportunity. Um, you know, the weekend is coming and you might want to um, check out maybe some more of his art. All right. All right, so Chadwick Aaron Bozeman, right? He was born November 29th, 1976. That's the same year as me. I'm born on the 9th, so I'm older. Um, uh, he was an American actor, born and raised in Southern Carolina. He took up acting professionally after he studied directing at Howard University. He began his career with guest appearances on television and was a series regular on the short-lived Lincoln Heights. 
and persons unknown. Bozeman's breakthrough role came as baseball player Jackie Robinson in the biopic 42. He continued to portray historical figures appearing in Get On Up as singer James Brown and Marshall as Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall. All right. Now, Bozeman achieved international fame for playing superhero Black Panther in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from 2016 and 2019. He appeared four, um, in four MCU films, including in uh, the 2018, the... Um, 2018 film that earned him the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture and a Screen Actor Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. Bozeman also headlined the film 21 Bridges and helped and had a supporting role in The Five Bloods. His final film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, is scheduled to be released um, later on. Um, in 2016, Bozeman was, well, we know what happened in 2016, so we're not going to go into the sad part, but we do want to celebrate his life, celebrate his dedication and his hard work and to know that he was putting forth all that hard work, um, without even, you know, just, just doing it, just living and, and making it happen. Right. Which is a great, uh, example for so many people. Right. We got we have gifts that we need to give, you know, that when we're born, when we when we are placed on this earth, there's certain things that we have inside of us. You know, you might be the best plumber. You might be the best teacher. You know, you might be a really great uh, caregiver and awesome nurse. Right. He's a great actor. Right. So he, he gave that gift. And then not only giving that gift. Um, not realizing that in his passing, he would also be giving us the gift of um, uh, follow through and and um, dedication and drive. Right. Like this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. Right. At all costs. No matter what's going on. If you're trying to get to the other side, this is how you get there. This is what we got to do. This is what we push through. This is when we don't complain. This is when we maintain, right? This is when we hold, this is what we do. So it, it was a gift that he didn't even realize he was giving us, okay? He didn't even realize he was giving that to us. So thank you. We do appreciate that. We appreciate that so very much. I know I, I know I do. I know I do. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. So thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, I have some information that I wanted to bring to this platform. I mean, I'm sure you guys may already be aware, but it's not really spoken about that much. You know, we talk about um, slavery from many years ago, but we don't really touch on the fact that there is still slavery going on in this very day. So I just want to kind of share a, share some information about this and kind of like peel back some layers and maybe not just talk about it on on this show, but maybe like get the conversation going and 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 move forward with this with this um opening up this dialogue. Okay, so this is actually in West Africa, although we do have some crazy crazy shit going on in America. 
I'm more so talking about what's going on right now in West Africa. West African slavery lives on, all right? And this is according to Reuters um, World News. This was given on August 7th, 2019, all right? Um, Neka, uh, Angela Ukamaru, um, and Neka from Neka, Chile, I believe. That's all correct information, but that's where I'm getting it from. So basically, West African slavery lives on even 400 years after the transatlantic trade began. Now, um, Blessing was only six years old. That's her name, this little girl. She was only six years old when her mother arranged for her to become an unpaid housemaid for a family in the Nigerian city of Abuja on the promise they would put her through school. Now in her hometown in Southwest Nigeria, her mother had trouble making enough money to feed her three children. But when Blessing arrived in Abuja, instead of going to school, the family worked her round the clock, beat her with an electric wire if she forgot one of her chores and fed her rotten leftovers. When her mother later moved to the city to be closer to her daughter, Blessing was unable to be alone with her when she came to visit. She said, you know, they would tell me that my mother was coming and that I should not tell her what was happening to me and that I should not even say anything, she says, of the family. Um, if she asked me how I am doing, I should say I am doing fine, they said. As the world marks 400 years since the first recorded African slaves arrived in North America, slavery remains a modern-day scourge. Over 40 million people are estimated to be trapped in forced labor, forced marriages, or other forms of sexual exploitation, according to the United Nations. Blessing, now 11, is one such victim. She was rescued in 2016 by Women Trafficking and Child Labor Eradication Foundation and Anti-Human Trafficking Group after two years of isolation and abuse. She is still under the care which, of that group which gave consent for her to be interviewed for the story. Now, Africa has the highest prevalence of slavery, with more than seven victims for every 1,000 people, according to a 2017 report by Human Rights Group, Walk Free Foundation, and the International Labor Office. The report defines slavery as situations of exploitation that a person cannot refuse to leave because of threats, violence, coercion, deception, and or abuse of power. Trafficking of sex workers, many of them tricked into thinking that they will get employment doing something else, is one of the most widespread and abusive forms of modern-day slavery. The experiences of Claudia Osadolor and, and Progress uh, Omovahi show how poverty increases women's vulnerability to exploitation. After also Dolores' family in Benin City uh, in southern Nigeria hit hard times, she dropped out of university and headed to Russia after a cousin told her about someone who could help her to get work there with travel expenses paid. She left Nigeria and three other girls she did not know in June 
2012. She went with three other girls she did not know in June 2012. When she got to Russia, a madam came to pick her up. Also, the lore, now 28, says she was forced into prostitution and suffered internal injuries after being made to sleep with up to 20 men a day. She was trapped for three years with the madam coming around every two weeks to take almost all of her money. She cries as she recounts the trauma and her relief at escaping thanks to a chance meeting with a representative of the International Organization for Migration at a metro station. She said, I feel like I paid the ultimate price for my family, she says, but I thank God that I am back alive. Also, Lador has been able to reintegrate into society after training as a, t a tailor back in Benin with the um, support of Nigerian charity Pathfinders Justice Initiative. Now, there is also Amalvi, 33, also found herself enslaved after leaving Nigeria in 2015 in search of work. She paid an agent 700,000 naira, which is about $2,290, um, in money she had borrowed to smuggle her, smuggle her to a journey across the Sahara Desert to Libya, hoping eventually to go to Europe. The intended final destination of people smuggled across Africa like this is often Europe, but few make it that far. Many are jailed or sold as indentured laborers when they get to Libya. Um, some even sold on slave markets, according to aid groups. A chilling echo of trans-Saharan slave trade of centuries past. Once in Libya, Omovi says she started working long hours as a cleaner for a well-off Arab family in Tripoli, often an empty, often on an empty stomach. She says, I worked three months and they did not pay me in that house, she said. Another agent promised to help Omavi escape by sending her to Italy, but she was rounded up by police on the Libyan coast and detained there for six months. She returned to Nigeria in July under a state program to help refugees and migrants. In it was helped oh, it has helped over 14,000 Nigerians return home since 2017. Blessing and Claudia also also Dolor are pseudonyms requested to protect their anonymity. Well, if that's the case, I could have named them myself because those are some very difficult names to say. <laughs> But, you know, all jokes aside, these are serious. This is serious. You know, this is going on in today's world. In today's world. So as we are marching down the streets and demanding justice and hollering and crying and pissed and mad and mad and pissed and everything else and acting all the what and what and yeah. We cannot sit here and act like stuff is not happening. We can't act like there's not someone right now that just had to have sex with her 20th guy of the day, okay, as a freaking sex slave somewhere. We got we can't we can't pretend like there's not uh, some 10-year-old kid right now that just pre like prepared breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, as a slave for some rich family somewhere. So there's crazy stuff happening around the world. So 
Um, I was inspired to do this story today or to share this story today because I was on Facebook earlier and, you know, there were people, you know, how they do on Facebook. They're always hemming and hawing and mad about, uh, mad about something. And this uh, lady made a comment. She said, you know, you guys are doing all this fussing about stuff. But in today's world, in today's modern world, you know, right now, you know, you think you're so smart. You think you're so woke. But there's, there's slavery happening right right now in today's modern world. And you guys never even act like it exists. So I thought I'd bring it to the forefront, for, you know, just in case, you know, because we do. We go on about our life. You know, we know it's not affecting us. And why, why, do, why do we care, right, if it's not affecting us? You know, but at the same time, you need to be intelligent enough to know that, hey, this kind of stuff is really going on. So anyways, I'm just going to wrap it up there. But if you want to do your own research, please do. But I do want to keep the conversation going. Maybe we'll talk more about what's going on here in America um, with the trafficking and things of that nature. All right, guys, take care. And before I forget, I would like all of you to please go follow my business page kennedyscoiloil.com that is k-y-n-e-d-i-s-k-o-i-l-o-i-l what i do i stimulate hair growth and i grow hair with my lovely organic hair oil i also cater to the men too i have an item called beard drizzle if you have stubborn hair or hair that's really really just it's hard and it's not manageable and you want it soft for the lovely lady in your life pick up a bottle of my beard drizzle for those of the of you out there that also suffer with headache and depression i have an item called depress aid it's such an amazing go-to item you could throw it in your purse throw it in your travel bag wherever you are put it in your car it's always always good to just you know stimulate your mind um but check me out check me out thank you Hey guys, this is Don Chanel. Thank you so much for listening to Lip a Smack in the podcast. We really do appreciate each and every ear that you lend us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, just want to remind you that you need to be checking out FlatlineComedyShow.com. Again, FlatlineComedyShow.com. And check out the online comedy show produced by your girl, Don Chanel. And if you know me from YouTube, it's Hilarious Housewife. That's right. So the Hilarious Housewife presents Flatline Comedy Show. Alright, so make sure you check it out. Great pictures, great videos. You can check out our last show. Find out how you can have your own comedy show party at some kind of event. It's all good. So go ahead and check out FlatlinedComedyShow.com.